today, the Bible tells us the entrance into your word gives us light, and that's the light of life. Bless your people today. Take the blindness of our eyes so we can see. Give us that spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. In Jesus' name, amen. Today I want to start a series. I like to preach series. <laughs> and uh, this one I'm titling, Winning the War Against Evil. Winning the War Against Evil. Whether you like it or not, there is evil in the world. Good to see you, Bill. <laughs> Whether you like it or not, there is evil in the world. And Jesus expects you to overcome evil in the world. He made provision for us to overcome. He said, whatever is born of God overcomes the world. We're not talking about the cause and everything in the world. It's actually talking about the evil in the world. There is evil that you have to contend with. In the world. And God has made provision for us to overcome evil in the world. Jesus said, if you overcome, then you sit with me in my Father's throne. So that's the purpose, to overcome evil that is in the world. You can't get away from it. They're there in your life. Some of them you you can't do anything about. They just come to you. You wake up in the morning. All was right. Things were fine. And then all of a sudden, something comes into your life and changes the mood. Everything is changed. And you have to deal with some problem. And you don't know what to do. Sometimes you don't know who to call. That's the evil that's in the world. But God has called us to overcome every evil. And I guarantee you, if you don't understand that there is evil in the world, then you are drowned in it. You don't really know what's going on. And Satan has got you. Look at what the scripture says in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through 12. It says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. That's not a suggestion. He's saying you need to be strong. My brethren means brothers and sisters. If you belong to the Lord Jesus Christ, God is saying you have to be strong. Not in yourself. Not I feel strong. I got good muscles. No. This is be strong where? In the Lord. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole hammer of God. Put on all of it, the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, the tricks of the devil. If you are not strong in the Lord and you don't have the armor of God on you, you will not be able to stand against the tricks of the devil. It then it tells you why he wants you to do this. It says, for the, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against uh, the rulers of darkness of this world, this age, against spiritual wickedness, spiritual hosts in high places. I mean, spiritual hosts, there's a multitude of spiritual hosts, evil planners. 
there are only there a host of them planning evil against your life. And notice what the Bible says is we are not wrestling against flesh and blood. The war is not what you see, it's not what you feel. It's in heavenly places. The war is not fleshly. You are in a war, it's not fleshly. So you, because it's not fleshly, it's not something you can touch or you can feel, you can easily be deceived. That's the tricks of the devil. It's a spiritual war. Everything that's happening in your life, the negative things, the things you're struggling with, the addictions, all of these are the tricks of the enemy. And if you are not strong in the Lord, and you don't have your armor on, you cannot stand against the tricks. You see, all the devil is doing is tricks. He brings about situations in your life. They seem to be real and they are real in the natural. So you are deceived to believe that's what's going on. And you look into that and you can stand. But when you are strong in the Lord and you have put on the arm, you can see, you can identify his tricks. And you are not moved. That's why the Bible says we do not walk. By, the, by flesh. We don't war against flesh and blood. We don't walk, well, you know, it's not a thing that you have to see. We walk by faith and not by sight. That's what the Bible tells us. Because if you're looking at what you see in the natural, you are dealing with spiritual forces. The things that you see in the natural will deceive you to think this is what things are, this, are, this is the way things are, and there's nothing I can do about it. But when you know the word of God, you can stand and know what God says, and you are not moved by it. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So that those tricks will not get here. You see, Job was a man of God. He was having, he was having a good time on earth. And God had a meeting and Satan showed up. And Job had no troubles, but God, Satan said to God, would you just touch his life? Do something to Job. And he will change his ways. Ferment some evil around him. But Job was a man of understanding. And he stood his ground. So that's where they think. There are two kinds of evil. Or battles. That you as a Christian will have to fight. And these are two, just two kinds. Two different kinds of battle. The first battle is battle against negative circumstances in your life. That's circumstances that you can do nothing about. You have no control over it. You were happy before you went to sleep. You got up in the morning. Maybe at 10 o'clock you went to the mailbox that that was a mistake. You pull one, one little envelope out and you open the envelope and your whole life is changed. Your feelings change. You were smiling before you went to the mailbox. Now you're crying coming back from the mailbox because of a little envelope. You have nothing. You, you have no control. The negative circumstances. You were well yesterday. You were doing so well. And now you had this little pain. And you check and the doctor said you only got six weeks to, to live. 
Your whole situation is changing. You have, there's nothing you can do about it. That's the kind of war we're dealing with. You know, I've mentioned Job. Job was okay. And there's a reason why there's a battle in this area. If you are not strong in the Lord, you will be tricked by this. You will succumb and it's going to destroy you and you'll change what you say about God. Why is God not doing this for me? Or why did God allow this? Have you heard Christians say that? Why did God allow this to happen to me? The reason why devil does uses this trick in the natural is to walk on your will and make you change what you, the way you think about God and about yourself. And change your language. And once you change your language, he's got you. That, that's what he did with Job. He said, God, you think Job is serving you for nothing? Just touch his circumstances a little bit. Change his circumstances a little bit. Give him some discomfort. And he'll change his tone. He'll change. I guarantee you, God, he's, he said to God, he'll curse you to your face. And God said, okay. Devil, the devil's mind is, I'll use all of these negative circumstances. He didn't, he, the devil didn't care anything about how Job felt about the negative circumstances in his life. All he was interested in is make Job change his mind about God and the word of God. That was all he was interested in. The situations in Job's life, the negative situations, were there to entice him, to trick him, to change. That's the battle. But if you are not strong in the Lord, and in the power of his mind, guess what you do? You change your mind about God. You start asking strange questions. Pastor, you said this. And I've had that said, that said to me. Pastor, you said this. But now look at what happened. You understand what I'm saying? I know. I have only one place to hide. Go back to the world and hide there. That's the battle. That's the first battle. That's what the enemy wants to do. The second battle is the battle against the desires of the flesh. We're talking about winning the war against evil. This is another battle, a battle that possibly you can do something about. Because after you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the Bible is very clear. It says, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. You are a new person. You are born of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. So when you are born of God, you have God's DNA. You, and, and God is in you. And the power of sin has been destroyed. That's what Jesus did on the cross. Amen. He paralyzed sin. In Romans chapter 8 said, God sending his own son in likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he destroyed sin in the flesh. So you don't have that anymore. So what the devil does is trick you. Constantly tricking you. To see if you will believe. <laughs> have you heard the word? We are all sinners. And we sin every day. You heard that? Baloney. Yes. God says, 
You are born of the Spirit. So you have God's nature. How can you have God's nature and still be a sinner? You are born of God. A man's son is a man, right? A man's son won't be a monkey, right? You're born of God. Maybe a little son, right? But you grow up someday, right? You are born of God. God is not a sinner. You got his DNA. How can you be a sinner? That's why the Bible calls them saints. To the saints in Ephesus. Not to the sinners in Ephesus. I won't read that book. To the saints. But what the enemy wants you to believe is, we are still in sin. And we see it every day. And you see these things that you're struggling with in your life. And you feel, well, I'm born this way. These days they say, well, it's in my DNA. I was born this way. That's why we are funny. You know, well, it's in my DNA. But when you become a born again Christian, that's not in your DNA. And if you believe that, you believe a lie. The trick of the enemy, that whatever is going, in on, going on in your life, the addiction, whatever it is, you can never be free because God is not on your side and you're on your own. He hates you now and you're gone. That's a lie. It's a trick. Even though you are experiencing it in the natural, in the spirit realm, because you are born again, the truth is, you know the truth, amen, and you are free indeed. Whether you feel it or not, let God be true and every man a liar. You are not a worm. You're not. God doesn't give birth to worms, amen. You're not. So we got these two battles that we have to fight. And all of it is the tricks of the enemy. Those negative circumstances that come into your life and make you feel it's always been this way. I can never rise above this. That's a lie. God has a great destiny for you. I don't care what comes in the mail. I don't care what you're going through. With God, all things are possible. How can two work together? Except they be in agreement. Now you have to agree with God. Come on his side. He says, you rest. And let me do the job. You take my yoke upon you. Get yourself busy like David and Robbie. Start trying to extend the kingdom. And leave the others for me. I'll take care of you. He promised, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. He's always there. You know, sometimes, I'm getting out of my message, but this is so important. Sometimes we do, sometimes we get off track and we do something wrong, right? And at that time, guess the trick of the enemy comes instantly. He says, God doesn't love you anymore because of what, look at what you did. Shame, shame, shame. He's departed from you. But when you listen to the master, he said, if a man has a hundred sheep, and one is missing. He leaves the remaining 99 that don't need help. He goes in search of that one. See, it's the trick of the enemy. He's always there. He's never changed. He tells you, did God say? He said, yeah, I know God said, but let me tell you. He wants to tell you the truth. That's a lie. He did that with Eve. 
But the Bible says, finally, when we come to this place, finally, be strong in the Lord. You be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God. That you may be able to stand against the tricks of the devil. The only way you can stand against the tricks of the devil, the only way the tricks of the devil won't get to you, is if you are strong in the Lord, by putting on the whole armor of God. Not some, all of them. The only way you can be strong is putting on the armor of God. And many Christians wonder, how do I put on the armor of God? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> Put on the whole armor of God. So some Christians have said they developed this form. You know, they said, well, in the morning they get up and say, well, God, I am putting on my armor. And they put on the, the helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, and, and they speak all of these things. And as soon as they get out the door, something happens and the armor is gone. And whenever I thought I put on the armor. You know how I know that? <laughs> I'm guilty. <laughs> we just don't know how to put on the ammo. You hear messages about that. But how do you put on the armor of God? Because it's the armor of God that gives you strength. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Then He says, put on the whole armor of God. The armor of God is what gives you, what gives you strength. Amen. But how do you put that on? If you're not strong, you're not going to stand. Proverbs 24 verse 10, it says, if, you're, if you faint in the day of adversity, you know the negative circumstances. When hardship comes, that's one battle. Some people call it hard times, hard times, difficult times. The Bible says, if you faint on the day of adversity, your strength is small. So really everything is a function of strength. There's your strength in the Lord. Because adversities will come. We don't know when. There's a day for everybody. But if you faint or if you begin to worry uh, or if you give up on that day, then you didn't have strength in the first place. Your strength was small before you got there. And you see, these adversities don't know whether your strength is small or not. They just come to test you. So all we need is strength. So what brings strength into a man's life? How do you put on the armor of God? The key word there is knowledge. Revelation. That's why many Christians have talked about putting on the armor of God. If God gives you revelation from the word, you got that armor. If he gives you revelation on wealth, you got that armor. If he gives you revelation on healing, you got that. 
The enemy cannot attack you in that area very much. He won't be successful. He'll attack you, but he knows this is not going to work. It's revelation. Knowledge. Let me read this scripture. Psalm, I mean, uh, Proverbs 24 verse 5. It says, a wise man is strong. A wise man is, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So be strong. A wise man is strong. Yes, a man of knowledge increases strength. Be strong in the Lord. Put on the whole armor of God. The only way to put on the armor is increase the knowledge of God that you have. He increased the level of understanding. He increased the level of revelation. Once God has given you revelation, you're free. You got your armor on. I'm telling you, you got it on. I remember, and I shared these stories before. I don't know, how many Nigerians do we have here? Thank you very much. Uh, Teresa, you're not a Nigerian. You're a strange. <laughs> you are a strange type of Nigerian. If you remember, will be one better. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> but if you grow up in Nigeria, we, we grew up afraid of, 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 of witches. Right, guys? We fear them even till tomorrow. They're still afraid of witches. In fact, I've had a pastor tell me, uh, the reason why I'm not prospering is because my wife is a witch. True. He told me that. So I said to him, but I did hear your wife speak in tongues before. <laughs> So you mean your wife is a witch, speaks in tongues? I was trying to persuade him, you are believing a lie. She's not the reason why you're not successful. You believe in a lie. But we, even the pastors are afraid of witches. And boy, I used to be afraid of them. Until God gave me revelation and I put on my armor. Amen. I used to be scared of them. They come into my room. We are, we, we're familiar with the activities. They come into my room. And uh, in those days, I, I was really aware when they come in. I got very, very aware of, of the presence. And those days, I would kneel immediately and say, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, all of you help me. I'm in real trouble. <laughs> and I'll be screaming and begging God, please help me. And I sleep and I'm wondering, oh God, I don't, please don't let them come back. I'm really scared of them. But then God gave me revelation about them. And today when I go to my crusades in Nigeria, I can tell them. I'll tell them, if you are a witch and you need God to help you. You see, you are possessed of this uh, little demon called witchcraft, you know. But me, I have the Holy Ghost. And I talk with boldness. And I tell them, if you are a witch, you can come over this way and I'll help you free. I'll free you from that thing. I talk to them boldly. The other time I was there, this adult man, he had been a witch for I don't know how long. He sent a message through the guy that was helping me to coordinate the crusade. He sent a message to me. He said, please tell that young man when he comes to America that I've been a practicing witch all my life. And now I want to be free. Tell him, I believe he can free me. And I sat down, I was praying with Pastor Kendall Rusty, and he walked up to me, took a chair, sat down. He said, sir, I am the man that sent the message to you. I am a witch. Now I want you to get the demon out. I said, okay, good. And we got the demon out of him. 
this. Back in the, over there uh, in my place, when I was growing up, you hear people, dis- their lives destroyed. And some of my Nigerian brethren will confirm that. You hear a man, about a man, he, he's out of university, maybe a doctor, everything going well for him. He buys his new car, gets his new home, marries an, uh, his wife. I wanted to say new wife, that would be trouble. <laughs> and it seems like everything was going well. For him and everyone is saying, oh, he's blessed. And then all of a sudden, he's going from one city to the other. He has a terrible accident and he's gone. And everybody's mad. Have you heard stories like that in Nigeria before, Uh, Maxwell? Yes. And months will go by. I mean, I'm giving you a background here. Months will go by. Maybe years. And all of a sudden, a little witch... Maybe a little girl or guy in the home said, do you remember that fellow that died? We made the road slippery for his car. Right, Sima? You got that time. And that's why we killed him. A witch. I'm not telling, this is a true story. So I grew up in that, under that uh, background, knowing that these, these people can do stuff. My family know that I am a born again Christian. They know that. All of them. All of them know. And I started reasoning a while ago. I said, but what happens to me if I get killed in an accident like that? And then months later, a little witch starts confessing that they killed Pastor Goodluck. <laughs> My brothers will never trust God anymore. That's why you hear me saying from the pulpit, I never die by an accident. You heard me say that? That's the reason for that. And God is going to honor that. Because the Bible says, be it unto you according to your faith. If you see an accident and somebody laying out in the street dead, that's not me. Don't, you won't find me there. It's the truth. Because Jesus is there, he's alive. I don't fear them. They fear me. I don't have to be afraid. But all of that came by revelation. Even after I got born again, I was still afraid of them until God opened my eyes. I said, they, they are more afraid of me. Than I am of them. And these days, I just don't care about them. I, I can go there and tell them, if you wish, come this way, and we're going to help you. All of that comes by revelation. That's your armor. A wise man is strong. And a man of knowledge increases strength. You want to be strong in the Lord? Increase your knowledge of God. The Bible tells us in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let a matter be established. Let me show you another scripture here. In Ephesians. Well, let me go to Second Peter chapter 1, verse 2 and 3. It says, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. Grace and peace be multiplied to you. How? By the knowledge, through the knowledge. It's only through God's the knowledge, the revelation of who Jesus is and who you are in Him that will increase the level of God's grace in your life. And the level of peace that you have in God. Peace is the rest that you have in God. When all things are going crazy around you, you are in rest. 
Jesus said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So you can have all the troubles all around you, but because you know God, and because you got the revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ, you can sit in rest. No fear. You know, I heard this story of Smith Wigglesworth. The revelation is so important. Smith Wigglesworth, born in Bradford, great man of God, but he knew his God. One day he said he was sleeping in the night, and all of a sudden, the devil appeared. I mean, this is Satan now, because he was a rich tough man of God around the world then. This devil appeared in his room just to trick him, frighten him, to, to make him fret. And he said he literally moved his bed from one corner to the other corner. And he said, I opened my eyes and there was the devil staring at me like that. And Smith Wigglesworth, he knew he's, he's God. And all he said was in his British accent, he says, back! Basically commanded the devil, take the bed back where you, put, where you got it from. He said, back! And that was all he did. And he said, the devil pushed back and disappeared. No fear. Because he knew his God. That's the ammo. You know what uh, some of us would do? <laughs> that night we won't sleep. Everything that moves in the home is the devil. And I'm telling you. We'll be crying and praising. Maybe you move, you'll call the pastor. Can I sleep in your home today? Because I don't want to stay in my house. The devil appeared in my house. The guy went back to sleep. He knew his God. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God. And of Jesus our Lord. Look at what it says. As his divine power. Has given to us all things. That pertain to life. And godliness. Through what? Again, the knowledge of Him. All things. Through what? The knowledge of Him. Through the knowledge. That's what the armor is. That's what the blessings are. Through the knowledge of Him. Through the knowledge of Him. That's where everything is. Grace and peace be multiplied through the knowledge. You can multiply grace. You can multiply rest in God. If you have multiplied grace upon your life, you will never suffer disgrace. Your kids will not disgrace you. Amen. You will never suffer shame. So if I don't want to suffer shame and I want God's grace multiplied upon my life, all I need is more knowledge of Him. The knowledge of Him. That's all I need. Strive. You need wealth. Strive just to know Him. Don't pursue after wealth. That's a strange God. Pursue to know just God, just God alone. Be consumed with this knowledge. And all of these things. Through That's what the Bible says. As His divine power has given unto us all things. How many things? All things that pertain to life and to godliness. That means you live right and your life is right. That means you can take care of the battles that have to do with negative circumstances. Amen. And you can deal with the fleshly desires. He's given us all things according to the knowledge of Him. 
So your level of peace, your level of grace, oh, is according to the knowledge. That's all we need. Striving to know him. Not just the page where you can quote verses and scriptures. That's not what we're talking about. This is revelation knowledge. When God gives you one revelation, I mean knowledge, just a little bit of it and your life is transformed. That's what God is talking about. That's what Paul prayed for. And let me show you this scripture here, what Paul's desire was. Paul was writing to the Ephesians, and they called the, the book of Ephesians the queen of the epistles. The queen, that's the real. If you want to know about the king of the epistles, you go back to Romans. <laughs> but the queen of the epistles, because he had nothing to correct. But this is what he said. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you what? Wisdom? No. The spirit of wisdom. What is behind wisdom? You see, the spirit of a thing is what you can see, right? May God give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. Paul said, since I heard, since the very day I heard about your faith, and I heard about your love towards the saints, I never cease to make mention of you in my prayer time. That God will give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may what? What does it? Why is he praying? That you may what? The key word is no. He was praying for Christians all over. In those days after I read that scripture and I understood it, I started saying to myself, Paul is gone, he's dead. Who, who is going to pray that prayer for me? <laughs> I need that prayer. Because he was praying for the whole church. I need that prayer. Paul prayed it because he knew the church needed that. He needed God to give that to them. Otherwise, they would be stunted in their growth and in their devotion and in their accomplishment with God. They just won't do much. So he said, I never cease to pray for you. I want God to give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. That the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. In other words, God opens your eyes. You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. That's where it is. Once you have the truth, you got your armor on. There's nothing can go through that. That you may know the hope of calling. There is a hope in his calling. Hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? When you talk about God's riches. If God, let me show you something here. Notice what he says. The glory of the riches of his inheritance in the saints. So, you are his inheritance. Huh? You. You are God's inheritance. And upon you is glory. That's what he says. If somebody gives you a glorious inheritance, how would you maintain it? Huh? 
Somebody gives you something that you inherited. Glorious. You take care of it, right? You are his inheritance. He calls it a glorious. And he says, until your eyes are opened, you won't recognize who you are. See? You want to read that again? The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling. The hope that you have upon your life based on your call from God himself. There is more to you than you realize. That's what he's saying. We don't know the hope of his calling. Not just when we get to heaven, but right here. There is much, we have much that God wants to do in your life right here. You just don't know. You need revelation. You know the hope of his calling. And what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? You are glorious before him. It's wrong to look down and talk down on yourself because of the tricks of the devil. Telling you that you are nothing, you're no good, your family is nothing, there's nothing going wrong with you, you have this problem in your life, you can't even get your house straight. You can't even clean up your car. You can't do all of those. And I'm just a mess. And you say that. God cannot walk with you. You see, that's why it's a battle. Satan wants to take your eyes off what God says to what you, what's happening in your life. So that you can constantly confess what you're seeing. And we walk by faith and not by sight. And as long as what you confess will come to you. That's the truth. What you confess with your mouth will come to you. That's the law. What comes out of your mouth will come to you. Life and death. And as long as Satan can get trick you to do that kind of battle where you give in and you start questioning God. And you keep, you keep saying things like that. Negative stuff. That's all. That, I mean, it's self-fulfilling prophecy. Keep coming to you. But if you talk the word of God. Like we say, how many of you here need, come over here, we're going to pray for you. And God is going to do it. You don't know anything. But when you confess it, God takes it. He says in his word, decree a thing and it shall be established. What you have been decreeing have been negative and it's been established. That's where the battle is at. If you have the knowledge, you won't say certain things. I like how Irina gets on my case when I say something that she thinks is negative. She says, no. <laughs> She's teaching me. <laughs> but you don't say those things. Keep them. I said some of those negative things, you may be pregnant with them. But if you don't speak them, they will be aborted. Once you speak them, you're giving birth. Deal with it. You can't give birth to a child in the United States and abandon it. It'll put you in prison. <laughs> right? If you kill it, yeah, but if you abort it, no problem, right? According to the law of the land. That's evil. But if, if it's natural abortion, miscarriage, it's no problem. But once you give birth to that baby... It's your baby. The same way once you speak those things, you give birth to them, it's now your baby. Deal with it.
I said, this is a series. <laughs> Would you stand up with me today? <laughs> Listen, people, it's no good hearing the word of God and not doing anything about it. First thing to do, I'll give you direction. First thing to do is start pay, praying that scripture in Ephesians chapter 1, beginning from verse 15. Start praying it over your life. I did that years ago. It was a daily thing for me. I just repeated the scripture because Paul wasn't around to pray those prayers for me. I need to say it myself. And they are recorded in scriptures. Amen? Stop praying, our Father, which art in heaven all over. <laughs> I know we don't do that. But this is a scripture that's recorded by the Holy Spirit, prayed by the disciples, right? God wants us to do that. And ask that God to do that for you. But be determined that you will follow through with the Lord. How many of you want to go all the way? Can I see your hands up today? Thank you, almost everybody. And uh, let me let you know this. If there's something amiss in your life and Satan is telling you God doesn't love you anymore because you've done this, tell God, I need your help. He is the helper. He'll help you out of it. And tell yourself, I'm going to be free. I'm going to hate these things that I'm doing to the point where I don't do them anymore. Because God is not fighting with you. He does, he's not angry with you. He knows that what's happening is designed by the enemy to destroy you. But he wants you free. Would you lift up your hand today? Pastor Andy, for some reason I feel led to ask you to pray and close us. Pastor Andy, come on. God, I just ask you today.
Lord, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for the word of God that we've heard today, Lord. And Lord, we go forth today, Lord, in your power and your might. Lord, we thank you. Thank you, Lord. Bless everyone that's here, Lord God. May your hand be upon them. Lord, we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. We're dismissed.